So this Yo. episode is a very special episode. Oh. Somebody's going to learn a valuable lesson. Okay. Actually, no. But normally when we do these episodes, we uh, we just kind of play the songs out of order. But this is the first episode I really want to play the songs in order. Okay. That's all right. With, yeah. Is that all right with you? Of course it is. So can we? Uh, can, you, can you rack up the first track? We'll oh, play yeah. it again. But just as background noise while we uh, get through sure. the bullshit. How you doing, man? I'm Jason. Oh, you're Jason. I'm Matt. <laughs> you're Matt. I'm still Matt. Um, <laughs> we started this podcast because we always talk about music. We love talking about music. We've been in bands and whatever together forever. And uh, why not share some of our random thoughts about music with you? Yeah, I mean, I was trying to think what makes us qualified to talk about music at all, and I really don't have an answer to that. Um, other you know makes us qualified <laughs> is we, we listen to records, right? <laughs> yes. But I we mean, listen to records. I mean, I guess, That's so fun. That's I so guess fun. you're going into this knowing that we're just two schmoes who have no sort of expertise. You're a schmo. Other than just we listen to some stuff a lot, probably. Could you play some music, please? Oh yeah, you want the first track? What are we listening? You don't even you don't even tell anybody right. we're listening well, to. Well, hit play, and I will tell everybody right, what's going go. on. So, ladies and gentlemen, last week I presented Jason with three options, but I didn't really give him a choice because if you throw Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation in any list, it's always going to be the top choice. There is no greater album in the history of music, in my opinion than this album. Turn it up, man. say a word and probably have the best episode we've ever produced. <laughs> well, All right, so today it is Daydream Nation, Sonic Youth's fifth studio album, believe wow. it or not, from 1988. Wow. Um, and it's the first time we've done uh, two albums by the same band on this podcast. We already did Goo back a, uh, a while ago. That's true. I was thinking about that too, and I think... Um, it makes a lot of sense because I feel like that's how I came into Sonic Youth too. Was like, goo first, and then sure. definitely going back to this album, which still even today is like, well, the most rewarding in a lot of ways because it does have like the most kind of accessible but also experimental stuff sure. for me. So it keeps being interesting uh, the older I, mean, I get and, and like more like jaded and sure. I mean like you I came Goo was the album that came out when I was the perfect age 
for Sonic Youth. <laughs> right, right, right. And when we when we did the Goo episode, we talked about, you know, there's four people in Sonic Youth, but three primary songwriters, Lee Ronaldo, Thurston Moore, and Kim Gordon. Right. And Goo, I feel like, is a collection of songs where there's a Kim song and oh, a Lee yeah. song and a Thurston song. Daydream Nation is where all of their ideas, all yeah. of their themes, and all of their talents converge in... Like, this is a true album. Like, it has a beginning, it has a middle, and an end. It establishes an environment. It establishes characters. It establishes a narrative. <laughs> it is. And at the same yeah. time, it's abstract and weird and esoteric and yeah. fucked up. Like, there's nothing like this. Because, like, they literally have a three-song, like, sprawling epic called The Sprawl. that right. like, describes a whole dystopian future. And each song is, like characters and scenarios in this world it's like so elaborate and so beautiful all right you have to say i don't i didn't know about that part i've actually been reading you know things here and there about this record so you definitely have to uh get well have you have you read the 33 and a third yeah this one i didn't recently so uh that the sprawl i'm I'm forgetting about the sprawl well the sprawl is the third track yeah it's called the sprawl yeah yeah yeah. which is a lee ronaldo driven track you can always tell it's a lee ronaldo track because it's all noise should i just Um, should i jump to it no 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 let's talk about teenage riot we'll play through this but i'm just before we get into it but the final three songs on this album which are usually lumped together as one track it's called trilogy right and it's it's this epic scape and you get this whole sort of world teenage riot Eric's trip, Hey Joni, even this sort of beautiful uh, Providence, which we'll get to, Rain King, like they're creating this this universe for us to live in. It's wonderful. Uh, it's funny because um, uh, Thurston, I was reading something with Thurston Moore. I, it, you know, maybe it's even the liner notes to something, but and he kept, he was saying that Kim was like, "You're writing another song." And another song. Right. You're writing another song, and she was like, "This is going to be a double album, isn't it?" And yeah. he was sort of like saying that, like, well, there's, there's, uh, you know, uh, double nickels on the dime and Zen Arcade, and he was listing all these double albums, and he was like, mm-hmm. I, th- I just figured it was our, <laughs> it was our time for a double it's our album. Time to do it. <laughs> well, it's crazy. Like, you, like I think you and I had the same. Like, we if you start off with Goo, which is their fifth al- or sixth album, right, 1990. If you work from that time, you obviously can only work backwards. Right. The, the previous two albums are this one and Sister. Right, I feel right, like right. Sister is very Dr- Daydream Nation-esque. Daydream Nation-esque, I should say. But it like it doesn't congeal in the same way. It has amazing moments. And then it has... Like, if you go back before Sister, there's Evol. Love spelled backwards. That's Bad Rising. Right, which are like noise rock. They're I very feel- jarring. They're very punk. And I feel like Sister is in between where they have... The skill and the talent, but they also fall back on these kind of lazy or noisy things that they do. And I feel like Daydream Nation, they got the right balance. Well, that, yet I was going to say, for me, Sonic Youth starts at Daydream Nation. All the other stuff is like... Is really, though? Schizophrenia? I mean, oh, no, no, it's awesome. Great track. It, it's awesome. It's awesome. But I don't... I'm just saying, like, it... it uh, there's no, no consistency there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for me... Sonic Youth, like their first album is Daydream Nation. Sure. Because the rest of it is is very interesting and I definitely listen to it and I mean in pieces, look at, look, but it's not like this where it's like this is a this is a solid straight sure. through great. Well I mean and what a what a run for a band, right? Sister, which yeah. has some really solid tracks. Yeah, Daydream yeah, yeah. Nation in eighty eight, Goo yeah. in ninety, Dirty, which is like 
uh, skate punk-ish album with like Fugazi on it, '92. Experimental Jet Set Trash and No Star, which is almost like a like a Riot Girl album from '94. Washing Machine, which is totally weird ex- and experimental. A Thousand Leaves in '98. Um, like they're just yeah, they're just marching on through like every year or two they're just pounding out a solid album yeah no it's um, it, and and i can't imagine i mean I, it, to put them in context too like this is 89 i mean that's 88. crazy this is 88 i mean give me yeah, a this is before break do little i mean this is <laughs> unbelievable break. and speaking of which we've made it to track two it's yeah. called silver rocket let's just listen well let's talk for a minute but this is uh definitely a th- Thurston type rocker. Right, right, right. right yeah. Here, turn it up. Yep. Just play a little sample of track number two, which is Silver Rocket. like neuromancer cyberpunk world in this <laughs> yeah. album i wouldn't call this a cyberpunk album like right. this is not a nine inch nails or something like that but <laughs> the dystopian world that you have with this like the sprawl and the trilogy sort yeah. of scape that they create and then you've got this like only rich people can get on the silver rocket thing it's like kind of weirdly timelessly dystopian well i think um I, another thing i was reading was thurston talking about you know where they were recording which was green street like Mm -hmm. lower lower east side and in 88 that was like just a trash fire garbage pit no you know just of like empty you know they were recording in some basement with didn't you live down there in like 94 yeah and and it was (laughs) nice compared to i'm sure like i mean it was still park and all that was still terrible sure but like this was like cars on fire and just like you know I mean, it was like it just is. I mean, I don't know if we mess. had younger listeners, but if we had younger listeners, you guys really need to know, like New York as you know it, the fancy, shining, expensive, crazy city, did not exist in the '80s and early '90s. It was a, it was a trash fire. Right. So, they're li- they're even living down there, Thurston and Kim. But like, even to get to the studio is like they have to go some weird way. But he used to he was saying that he would like come up with lyrics on his way to go sort of like work on the next next track and and you can hear you know i mean i can see where like i i was never really getting that sort of sci-fi element from this this album like not sci-fi but like dystopian yeah okay you know in in like like, you remember that movie the road or like oh kind of like early mad max films where it's like it may be the future but it's not like it's not like 2001 A Space Odyssey, the future. Right. It's, it's like we fuck shit up and, and the future is awful. Yeah. You know? But it's, I mean, at the same time, it's this beautiful, weird album that happens in this space. And I do think if you go you know, backward in their discography, the way that they had learned to really master the art of like dissonant noise yeah. and like feedback yeah. Yeah. and like effects yeah. and, and 
non-synchronous layering of sounds and stuff like that. They they just get the right balance in this album where every time I feel like I'm about to get annoyed or frustrated <laughs> with the non-rhythmic, non-musical stuff, right. it changes or it evolves it or does. it grows. Like, it's informative and descriptive in a way that, like, scenes in a movie that are non-narrative can be really helpful, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they were talking about having index cards and, you know, just, like, part A, part B, part C, and then just, like, hey, let's flip uh, part F with part B. All right. Can you 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 do me a favor? (laughs) So this is track three. This is The Sprawl, which is definitely a Kim Gordon-driven track. Yeah. Can you just go back to the beginning? Because these are, like, some killer, killer... Like feminist yet dystopian lyrics that she yeah. drops in the first like couple seconds of the song. So turn it up. Sure. description of a character what what a description of a motive right <laughs> we, we we don't just meet this this woman we meet her motives right yeah. to the extent which is already a qualifier to the extent that i wore skirts and cheap nylon slips i've gone native right so yeah. she's she's saying that it's almost like a masquerade like she's hiding in in the crowd of cheap nylon slips and and skirts yeah and then the next line is I wanted to know the exact dimensions of hell. Fuck you. Are you for sale? Does fuck you sound simple enough? Like, she's like, it's someone who's chosen to enter this world. They're go- they've gone incognito into some sort of, like, sexualized world. Yeah. I wanted to know the exact dimensions of hell. I mean, it's it's such a crazy setup. Yeah. Yeah, uh... I'm just I I'm just still imagining that kind of like 1980s Reagan era. Just this the New York City is just a mess, and 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 then saying, all right, what's this place going to look like in 50 years? And just extrapolating that into some right. just hell world, <laughs> yeah. and that's what you're getting, I think, on this on this record. I mean, I but do not think- not all, not with the like melody and stuff. I mean, you're definitely getting that in in. Uh, the experimentation and um, like they were talking about really like they were always playing with stuff to the point of blowing the the studio uh, breakers all the time just oh, yeah. to, like on purpose like let's see how far can we drive these amps and and create this feedback loop and they would break the the circuit all the time yeah. for the building where they were recording and go okay well all right start over and then they would that's see, crazy. like, what did we get on tape? And they would play it back and go, oh, that's awesome. That's <laughs> Just cut out. like. <laughs> so. I mean, I don't, yeah. It's, it is, again, it's like you're living in this world that seems, un- I mean, it, come on, at the end of the Reagan era, if you were not oh. wearing blinders, like, things seemed like they were on, oh like, on a downward path. You know, Seriously. and even like I, mean, I don't know if I'd call this album optimistic. I don't think of no. something as optimistic. I don't think, yeah. No, what were you saying? I mean, follow. Continue. 
<laughs> no, that, I mean that was it. I'm just I'm just sort of getting that idea right now as I'm thinking about all the stuff they must have been sort of like wondering about and putting together in the late 80s recording this and also not having the expectation of like that this is going to be a huge record and this is like you know going to make them fucking superstars or anything you know I think they've always been in it for you know I mean just with the people that they worked with and the scene and New York City and like being on this like new new wave kind of uh, right scene. Well, and I think for our listeners, if you want to hear us rant about Sonic Youth's more famous days and Chuck D and MTV and you know all of their like success and how they launched all these famous bands, yada, go back and listen to our Goo episode. I'm sorry, today I just I love this album so much. I just want to like immerse myself in its in its soundscape. Hey, can you um? Skip ahead to the next track, Cross the Breeze, because a lot of these are seven, eight-minute tracks, and I'm not sure our audience wants to ride out the full thing with us. Another seven-minute track. Such a great beginning, though. While, while we were listening to that, um, I was thinking, I was looking at the album cover. Do you know the al- the cover for this album? Of I, course. I know you do. And, and it's a it's the candle painting. There's a track called Candle, track nine coming up, um, and it's a painting by Gerhard Richter. And I was thinking about like I never really put it together, but Sonic Youth is so connected. Like I think of them as so underground, but they're also so connected, right? The cover of Goo was a Raymond Pettibone drawing. Oh yeah. yeah the cover yeah. of uh, Dirty was a photograph by Mike Kelly. Yeah. I mean, these are these yeah. are this is a band that's that's in the mix. They are in the mix. They also. Sorry, I cut you off before though. No, what no. Were you saying? They also were making a joke about like the candle burning at both ends. I think. I think that was the joke there because they yeah. had because I think the gatefold version of it had like a candle on the other side or something. Anyway. No, it's the gatefold version. There's. T- uh, uh, Richter did a bunch of versions of that same candle painting. Okay. So, like, the gatefold version of the LP had four different versions of the same painting. Okay, okay. Which only, if you were only paying attention, like, you had to really pay attention to the details to realize that it was not the same image repeated. Oh, okay, that's I crazy. I don't right, remember I, that. I, well, I didn't, I don't think I had this, I definitely didn't have this on vinyl, like... No, I had it on a cassette tape where it was yeah, all cropped. And that's the thing. Sense. No, I know. I, I maybe had the CD at some point, but yeah, no, I know. 
Um, no, I was going to say that um, the other crazy, like you just mentioned, the like Chuck D connection, and it's funny because even on this album, and I think, and maybe this is just you know this is New York too, it back in these days, and was that um, this guy, the guy that produced this, Nick Sansano, just finished doing Public Enemies record. Mm-hmm. Right before they came into the studio And basically when they went to see him They were like oh what have you done And he played him that Public Enemy record And he was like I know this is not like What you guys are trying to sound like But um, There's a lot of similarities here You know and just the sound and like And the layering of stuff And the, right. you know and they were they were completely on board They were like yeah perfect This is, this is awesome um, And I think uh Oh, the other thing, the other thing I was listening to an interview where basically, uh, I forget who it was like Thurston or Kim were like, were like, oh, is that what you were doing on that track? And with the bass and they were like, oh yeah, I was playing like slide and they're like, oh, that's crazy. Like they don't, they don't even know what's going on. You know what I mean? Like they're just they're all in their own. They're just thing. in there. You're in, I'm just imagining this scene of them in this studio in your own world, just trying to create, cause you're not, you're not playing chords or notes. You're just trying right. to come up with this like bending kind of wall of noise, and you're not even realizing that fucking <laughs> he's using a slide on the bass or sure. whatever, like whatever thing that you're doing to get that sound. I don't know. I was just paying right. attention to my own shit, well, and it's like that's that's kind uh, what, of amazing. <laughs> what they are always good at, but what Daydreamation is like the best at is this is gonna like I don't have the right words here, but like. At any given point, one of them is being annoying, <laughs> right? Like, like Kim singing off key or like too loud or like too close to the mic on this track. Well, I, yeah. she's like, she's like, I, annoying is the wrong term, but she's moved herself to the front, and the the rest of the band is like supporting her with these kind of layers. But then, like, you'll get a track where like uh, Lee Ronaldo is just making crazy spastic guitar noises and everybody else just kind of fits in around him. Like they're really good at, at letting someone come forward and then pull back in, in all these interesting ways. Yeah. I think that's, um, I think what you're trying to say is like, they're, they're, they, nothing ever feels too precious or too over rehearsed. Like I think this album in a lot of ways feels very spontaneous and like, we just I, happen I, to capture this kind of weird soundscape thing that we sure. rehearsed. I, I mean, I, I agree with that. I also think I mean that there's not, on this album, I'm not talking about later albums, but on this album, there's not a lot of competition between the band members. Like, everybody yeah. gets to shine at different times, right? And everybody else does a really good job of letting them. Right. Everybody, nobody, nobody like phones it in when Kim is singing. Right. They're still right, creating right. like these amazing scapes behind right, her. Right. There, I, think, yeah. I think that's what's really powerful. There isn't that intense um, like competition. Like I think, or, or I think I know where I was going with this. Like everyone's sort of, nobody has their, um, their uh, uh, like, this is what I'm, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm doing. It's sort of like everybody constantly shifts around too, which I think is, is um, well, I mean, it, Luckily, it works, right? Sure. But but it does in this case where where you know somebody does say like I, well, I'm going to do the vocal here, and this is sort of the direction, and then somebody will you know change it or um, yeah. I I feel like nobody is super great at any one thing, but they're good <laughs> at everything in a yeah. way, right? Which well, makes it 
like a strong band in that way because sure. Like, well, hold on. We just we just slid across the end of Cross the Breeze. Let's just play <laughs> Eric's Eric's trip is about three and a half minutes. Let's just listen to this whole thing. Okay. Cool. I can't see anything at all. to try to explain what's going on with this album. I, I don't I don't know that I could. Like the lyrics are are pretty abstract. Oh right? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's a great amazing track. Like it does create a world. I'm just not sure, you know. I'm just not sure I could tell you what exactly is happening in the narrative of this song. No. No. Um yeah, we're only on track five of twelve. <laughs> um, let's jump ahead a little bit. Let's just listen. You know, let's just let it play underneath. Um, if you, if this one is hard to talk about. I'm not gonna lie. It's hard. It's this, hard to talk about track? because it, it, no, this whole this whole record, this whole week, this this thing, because it feels like I'm not ready to talk about this. I've only been listening to it for like intensely for like a couple of days out of this week and like I was reading a bunch of things oh, really? here and there but like I don't feel like prepared to talk about it I don't feel like I can add anything to this conversation it's funny because you know what I, I mean I'm just like I need like weeks I need like I need like a couple months well, I, mean, I would say that I listen <laughs> to this record at least once a week yeah for the last 30 years <laughs> sure. I th- I, this has never gone out of rotation yeah yeah yeah, yeah. ever yeah, and like you know, I've read the thirty-three and a third on it several times. Like you and I, you have the crazy box set. Like yeah. I've been through all the liner notes every time I go to your house. Like, yeah. Like if if I feel like if anybody was equipped to talk about this album, I feel like I am. Yeah. And at the same time, it's like, like I I I can talk about the soundscapes and the structure and the the sort of rolling evolution of how each band member gets to create their space. But honestly, if you get to the lyrics, I'm just like, I feel like they're just painting sort of impressionist portraits of people and spaces in these like sort of like really sort of loose and esoteric ways. Like there's no, you can't like pin down like, oh, this song is about that thing. 
right? I mean, no. I guess the the sprawl. I mean, some of the Kim Go- Kim songs tend to be pretty um, more more straight ahead, or yeah, or, she's. I mean, her themes are clear, right? I not mean, straight ahead. I mean, um, yeah, 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 not as abstract, let's say. Right, like you know that that Is it's it usually a, like a female character in a sort of a confrontational stance of some sort. Um, which I mean is great. I mean, not a terrible thing. No, um, please. I mean, she had to do that at this time. If she would have just written a song about like uh, th- this guy, this I'm in love, bubble. I mean, f- no. what the fuck? She had no choice but to be the voice of like, and especially in this scene in nights the late eighties. Yeah. I mean, I mean, she had to be that every song. Which is maybe unfortunate, but... Well, it's, it's funny. I had a couple students in my office the other day. On Wednesdays, I have, like, open office hours and people come hang out and yeah. watch movies and whatever. And uh, I ended up telling a couple of them about... None of them knew who Sonic Youth was. Yeah. Like, it came up... Anyway, I was telling them about Cool Thing and Chuck D. And I have all the videos. I have that, the, the whatever it's called, corporate something, the, the DVD box set of all their music videos. Of Sonic Youth? Sonic Youth, What is yeah. that called? Oh fuck! It's called corporate something, and it's it just and all it's their just videos. Like, it's like a it's like a Blu-ray set with like oh, know, wow. twenty okay. Sonic cool. Youth music videos. So I showed like these you know nineteen-year-old film student. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, I showed them cool thing, and I was like, eh, you know, whatever. And they were all like, especially the 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 one or two who are the most talkative. They were like, oh, this is this is amazing. It's like I love the cinematography. I love how it's made. It's a crazy thing. The 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 video is just really strange. Yeah, and then she's like, "The, like, I guess this is feminist, but it <laughs> seems so quaint." Oh yeah, sure. I mean, she didn't use the word quaint. Oh, she sure. just she didn't she didn't. She, but she was like, I mean, that's basically what she said. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I mean, 1988 to 2018 is a long ass time. Yeah. Um, and you know, the world has changed a lot, and but honestly, it has changed because. People like Kim Gordon were out front and challenging and doing it in pop music and getting people like Chuck D to play parts in their songs and to create, you know, challenging narratives in their music that allowed people to have a discussion about things. I mean, I think it's easy to look back and be like, oh, it was so easy back then, but it wasn't easy back then. It no, was hard back It was then. much more difficult, I think, to make those connections and make those things happen. In a way, I mean, you know, I... I do sort of put them into like in the same way that I think about Lightning Bolt or like the, there was like a RISD rock experimental music scene right in the same way that in New York there was definitely like a lot of artists just visually whatever who happened to play music and, and right. make up bands and and so I feel like they were always coming at music from a different angle than necessarily like punk was and all of these other scenes. Um, like they were, you know, New Wave was its own animal of of like art art school combined with like, but like right. artists who were making music who were like, you know, yeah, we know about John Cage and we know about, uh, you know, putting, we, we fill our fucking instruments with nails and restring them and put you know alternate tunings and uh, all that shit i mean that this album is full of that i mean sure and i mean i'm sure it goes on now i'm sure that there are art school students in indie folk bands or hip-hop 
band, you know, whatever, hip-hop acts. You know, it's not even about if this is happening now because it's just so different. I mean, I don't even think everything is, is accessible. Everything is, is, you know, interchangeable. I just think it's, I think it's different when you have geographically these influences and people together. No, I, I, I mean, I remember you know? coming on this album and it was like... A weak radio signal from another place. Yeah, right. Right. It was like a tiny glimpse into this world that was not my world. You know, I like Sonic Youth was was like the weak radio signal. That, that you know the uh, what was that called? The shortwave radio. I got to talk to somebody in New York City and hear what the underground was doing. And yeah. Jane's Addiction was like the weak radio signal from L.A. that let me know like what underground whatever was going on in yeah. L.A. And, you know, Nirvana was the radio signal from Seattle. Right. Like I, yeah, I do feel like with, with faster and bigger and, and more broad-based communication options, I think you don't get that same sense of, you know, one album can be a glimpse into a whole universe. You know? Right. No, right. Maybe that's what it is, is like, it's not necessarily, there isn't like, I mean, okay, you could, there's a grunge Seattle sound, whatever, you know, but like, I don't even think it's necessarily like, oh, this band is New York City. It's more like, no, no, like no, you're no, no. saying, like there, like there is a something about it that can only happen in that place, and that's where yeah. what you don't get maybe necessarily now. I don't know. This is a much bigger question, sure. but but hey, you know, um, can while you we're have, at it, why don't we? We're not going to be able to listen to every inch of this record, so let's skip ahead to Hey Johnny because this is a good little one. If you if you don't oh, mind. Oh Johnny. I'm like Hey Johnny. I thought it was Joni this whole time. Well, listen to the lyrics of the song. I'm an asshole. I so rarely look at song titles. I'm such a jerk. I really just listen I just listen it's to it. Spelled Joni, J O N I, but yeah. he says hey Johnny. I you know what? You just said hey Joni. I always heard it as Johnny. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> this is a great album. Great song. Yes. I don't. I guess I'm revealing myself as I'm asking you to push songs forward. I guess I'm revealing myself. I. I've always gravitated, I think, towards the Thurston tracks. Yeah. Sure. A bit more. Yeah. Um. Not, not that I, I dislike or disrespect Kim's tracks. I think no. in a lot of ways, Kim's tracks, because they're so clear in their statement, I, there's not a lot of ambiguity there for me to kind of navigate. And, you know, I sound like a dude who's just trying to whatever. But okay. um, I don't know. I just have always gravitated towards the Thurston tracks more. I think they're, for me, a bit more um, where my head is at. Okay. I don't know. Do you disagree? No, no, no. No, totally. Um, I mean, when you listen to Sonic Youth records, like, is it are they the Lee songs, the Thurston songs, or the Kim songs that you crank? I mean, it's the Thurston, it's the Thurston songs. It's funny because it's probably because we're dudes, you know. I mean, no, I guess that's what it is. Uh, you know, it's it's the same, uh, and I I can't, but like Sebado had a similar dynamic with the songwriters there, and you could and tell. You always love the Lou Barlow tracks more, which was what, and yeah, sure, but I mean, is that just because? For me, he's he's the front man in the same way that Thurston is. 
You know what I mean? Sure. Like I just think of him as that. So, so I'm more into those songs because I feel like he's the front man, and I'm like, yeah, right. There's more. You know what I mean? Like, there's see, the I can't. Ir- the irony I, I don't is know how to. You know, like, what yeah, the I things mean, are well, going the irony on is, like, the if I could go, if I go through all the Sonic Youth records, like Moat, which is definitely a Lee Ronaldo song, is probably my favorite off of Goo, right? Yeah. But Cool Thing was the thing, the song that got me to listen to them in the first place, right. and that's a Kim song. Yeah. And out of yeah. all the side projects, I've seen, uh, I saw Lee Ronaldo solo or you know his okay. side project. Yeah. I saw Thurston Moore's side project by himself. Oh yeah. And I saw Kim Gordon's side project Free Kitten. On, oh, right. You know, on the, and of the three of them, my favorite by far was Free Kitten. Like just the oh, nice. The, you know, great, you know, Riot Girl punk show. That's awesome. Um so I mean, I guess it's a lot of its context, a lot of its like Yeah. When I come to Sonic Youth, I'm expecting 9-minute long songs with, you know, like sprawling weird esoteric soundscapes. Yes. And, I, and Kim the the clarity of Kim's vision sometimes is like, "Oh, that stands out against this 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 tapestry that you're creating." Yeah. Yeah, I can uh, see that. Yeah, I'm tr- I'm just again, I'm just trying to think about I, I would have to, you know what? I'd have to go back through this stuff and and think about that specifically. What style does Lee play? What's like sure. can I pick the, that apart? Um yeah, I'd have to listen more closely to see. I mean, I know what you're saying, definitely. I'm just, again, I'm like, am I making that up or... Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, again, it's 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 less about each song having its own distinct style. Right, And right, right. more about different portions of the song pushing different styles forward, right? Yeah. Because, like, I don't know, like, Cool Thing... Is like layered, dissonant, crazy, weird sounds, but then it's got like Kim's driving bass and Kim's voice, right? Whereas Moat on Goo is like sprawling and esoteric, and parts of it are very Thurston and parts of it are very Lee. You know, yeah, yeah. it's like, um, all right, the next track is Providence. Just turn this up. I want to listen to okay. the whole thing, and then we need to talk about this. Okay.
Thirds of the way, about halfway through this album, that happened. Like what? What? Oh, uh, it's so tell great. Me you know what that it. is? That is, and this I can completely relate to. That is like driving in a van, fucking going somewhere. Van breaks down, side of the road, calling somebody up. Hey, man, um, did you ever find that shit that we left? Oh, I just remember. Oh, fuck. You know what? Uh, we need, we got a flat tire. Is there any way you can come out and like meet us in like two hours? Right. And but in 1988, <laughs> right. you only got the like tape recorded exactly. answering machine. Yeah, sure. So the voice, you know who the the voice yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Mike Watt. It's Mike Watt, the yeah. bass player from the Minutemen. Yep. Um, you know, who obviously were hugely influential on Sonic Youth and vice versa. Well, you know yeah, what's well, funny like, is I think at this point, this was after um, uh, 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 Minutemen, uh, fuck, what's his name, uh, died. Oh, really? And that they were, I mean, around this time, not exactly, but around this time, and they were sort of like, I know that this record for Sonic Youth was basically trying to get Mike Watt back into like, like, hey, man, you know, like, why don't you come play with us? Why don't you come work on the you know, come hang out at the studio, whatever, like, just to try to, like, sure. sort of, like, get him, you know. You're talking about T. Boone. Yes. Who died in 85. That's exactly so what a little I'm talking before about. This. That's exactly what I'm talking about. At least that was I part mean, of the story that I, I mean, heard. What, what I think is so interesting about that is, like, if you think about this album as creating a world and, and a, a, a sense of a story, I don't want to say a real story, but, like, an, it's like an impressionistic story. And then you slow it down for this, like, scraping like like metal on metal jarring noise yeah. this like remote piano and then this voice machine message it's so disturbing right and the piano yeah, like, I mean, the piano really makes me think of um, you remember Blade Runner the movie Blade Runner Vangelis sure. did the soundtrack and sure. there's there's some great piano, but it sounds like he's playing the piano from like the other side of a football field. You know, it's just so removed, and well, and it, it becomes creepy. I mean, that's the that was that whole thing too, and around this time of like you know lo-fi and and just recording with cassette players and you know mm-hmm. making a four track out of like four boom boxes, you know, from and a song or whatever. There, yeah, and like, uh, um. But yeah, they 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 definitely give give it like a, an ambience here. That's that that reminds me of Godspeed a lot too, where you you are right. creating a whole mood and to, like creepy tone out of this like. I also think that immediately after Providence, which is just we just listened to, you have Candle, which is like almost a pop song. Turn this up. Yeah. Seriously, we've moved into like almost like mainstream song structures. We've got major chords. We've got well, like it's so funny a nice little like rhythm section underneath a nice little like lead. You know, it's right. like very well. It's so you funny know. that you 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 think that too because it's so relative on this record. 
because that does sound like that in the context of what what else has happened already and is and is going to happen. You know, it's so funny. It's like right. those things that you sort of. Oh yeah, this is Take not an granted. 88 radio hit by any stretch. Yeah, of the that's the thing but that you're like, oh, listen, they're they're really playing it safe here. I mean, in their world, right? <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> or like they're playing it sort of straight. I guess is what, is what I, I mean. I I mean, this is probably the most accessible song on this record. Okay. Is it? That's that's. I, I, I don't. Mean, well, I'm listening this to this part. I mean, I'm like, wait a Yeah, I mean, the the first track for me always feels the most accessible but it also like i you know how you listen to an album so much you kind of forget the parts that you forget yeah or you you right. forget like when you start when we started off this podcast whatever 45 minutes ago <laughs> and you hit go on teenage riot i know it has that sort of like abstract intro before you get into the more memorable part right forgotten how fucking long it was right you know, it's a yeah. seven-minute song. It's yeah. got a one-minute intro, which, when I'm listening to it in my headphones on my way to work, is nothing. Yeah. But in podcast format, it's like, oh, that's that's a pretty substantial amount of time. Um, I don't know. That's, I just I think that's interesting. And and again, it's it's relative to the the whole length of this experience, right? You have a double album to get through, so a seven-minute track is like, yeah, this is sort of like setting it up. It's just you funny. Don't, you don't happen to have the double disc in front of you, do you? The, what do you mean? The, the yeah. actual vinyl? Yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah, I do. Because I'm, cu- I'm always curious. Like, When you're constructing an album in the 80s, the the side breaks were a huge part of how you constructed oh, yeah. your album. You know, like the end of side, you know, the start of side A and the end of side A were meaningful. The start of side B, et cetera. Oh, yeah. So what? Can you just break down what are the sure. four, like what are the four breaks on this on this sure. double album? Sure. Um. So side one, A side, Teenage Riot, Silver Rocket, The Sprawl, right? All right. So we break after Kim's like, to the extent that I wore skirts and cheap right. nylon slips. Yes. Okay. So we side, start with Cross the Breeze. B side, Cross the Breeze, Eric's Trip, and Total Trash. Okay. So we're so we're out of the side A with total trash. That's total an interesting. Trash. Yeah. That's yeah. But then we, we so then start disc two. Is Hey jo- Joni. That's a good start to disc two. I I always heard it as Johnny. Well, Fine. it's funny because I kept reading that it's it's related to Joni Mitchell. So that's all I hear is oh. Joni, or or that you Which, know Lee Ronaldo I mean, was thinking about Joni Mitchell, or there's a right. there was a poster of her in the studio or something. And that's another <laughs> Sonic Youth trait. Like, don't they have a song to Karen Carpenter on? Oh, Blue? yes, yes, that's yeah. right, that's funny. So, so hey, Johnny. Okay, uh, Providence, Providence, Candle, Rain King, and those are all, all on, four, you know, four minutes, two minutes, four sure, minutes, four sure. minutes. So that. So, so the the last track, the last side is Kissability, which is just like a little throwaway, right. and then the trilogy, right. What a way to end your double album set. It makes sense. A little throwaway and then the the, the trilogy. Yeah. Which is probably that makes I mean, sense. I could we could do a whole episode on the trilogy. Yeah, right. Um, so this is Rain King going on in the background right now? Yes. Yeah, it's fine. The last my song f- of side three. <laughs> last song of side three. Not my favorite. Well let's let's just do a little little like dance over kissability so that we have heard it and then let's get into the trilogy okay
funny because if you if if I didn't know Sonic Youth, you could definitely tell me that this is from Goo. It's it's got oh, yeah. that the rhythm and like her vocal style and like it's it's I mean yeah it's actually kind of out of place on the yeah. animation I mean yeah. it's it's a great Kim track it's it solid is. it is you know she, she's really like exactly doing what she's known for what she's got sure what, where her skills are at um, it's yeah, very it's catchy it's very like pop forward it is you know, yeah, so. there's almost hints of what would come later when yeah. she does, you know, uh, cool, cool thing. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Um, yeah, but let's let's kick it ahead All to right. the trilogy so we so we can kind of wrap up. So the last, I mean, the one CD version, it's one song, but it's really three songs. It is. The first is the part A, the wonder. The wonder. Oh, there's a song you beginning to a song. Punching you in the face with experimental, yeah. off sync, right. like, jarring, not like, and then they just go right into a really like recognizably accessible rock bit, and then out, and then yeah. in, and then out. It's so. I beautiful. think they can weave that stuff together so well, but like, just I really cannot think of a better band or a better album that manages to weave the almost unlistenable like yeah. rawness of noise punk. Yeah. With like the beauty of sort of properly constructed rock and roll. Well, and then you and have like the the sort of uh, um, fucking my bloody Valentine sort of shoegaze. Like, let's just you know create these crazy soundscapes, and then sure. and then launch into very pop recognizable riffs. I mean, Blend you know, when together. I go back, so this came out in '88. I probably first heard it around '90 early 91 somewhere around there yeah really and yeah like I around I, I mean around the same time that I got goo so oh really okay like 90 91 because I mean I was the type who as soon as I found a band that I was into I would get everything I could yeah you know so it, at this point means I probably got daydream nation and sister okay the options okay. available to me um, there always seemed to be so much. Whenever I would go to the Sonic Youth section, I was always like, "Fuck, I don't know, I don't know what to get." <laughs> yeah. I mean, I got well, goo, but like, I have no fucking idea yeah, where to go they, next. Oh, they put out so many cassette <laughs> singles, yes. many things, and blah, that weird like mix album soundtrack sixty, whatever sixties Highway sixty nine. Oh, uh, actually, the Halloween. soundtrack album Made in USA is actually yes, that's one of my that favorite one too. things they ever did. I, I always um, bought like weird shit that I was like, "Is this even Sonic You? Here's the thing: I'm gonna say back in the day, it it's took me a while to get into Daydreamation because Goo has yes. is like yes, Goo is teenager accessible. Yes, right, right. And Dirty, which came out after this, was just like 
yeah, yeah. we're just we're just aiming for the MTV market. We got skate punk, and you know, it's, <laughs> it's very easy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Daydream Nation, I wouldn't call this an easy album. It's no. a beautiful album. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah. complex album. It's a rich album. It's like sitting down and eating a four course meal. Yeah. Um, and when you're like 14 years old, it's not not where your head is at. No. So I re- early on, I remember sort of. I mean, it's a cassette tape. Right, era. right. But I remember listening to Teenage Riot a lot. I remember listening to um, uh, the trilogy a lot. But, you know, like a lot of the stuff in the middle I didn't get. Right. And as I get older, it's sort of, this is an album that, like, I can age into. I feel like when I'm eating, I'm still going to be finding new things. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, this, for, this record is my classical and jazz, right? Mm-hmm. That's what this record is for, for, for my whatever sensibility for, for your yeah it's like i will no, be I listening agree. to this long into the future going oh this is the part right here yeah listen to this uh listen to this this change in this right you'll be this, you'll uh, be sitting you know? with grandkids on <laughs> right. your knee like oh like, we're gonna listen be like, to oh, Providence. So boring mike, mike watt was the bass player of a band oh, that was called the Minutemen. men talking about sonic double Youth nickels again. on the dime <laughs> right. and the phone calls and the smoking of the weed listen Remember? to this time and then you have to explain to your change. grandkids when weed was illegal in america and why right. that would be a bad yeah, right. thing and like you know listen you to just the, you end up like listen to how the notes just bend right here have you noticed so that perfectly? Yeah. Um, also, let me, let what's me funny to you is what that feminism meant in the Reagan era. Uh, the the working title for this whole trilogy was "The Town and the City," mm-hmm. which is a reference to Jack Kerouac's first novel. Sure. It's well, just crazy that like because I remember there was a whole at that, and I and I always wonder if it was just me being in that time coming into. The oh, beats the, like, and when everybody Kerou- was into Kerouac that's, and Ginsburg but and all that I feel stuff. like it was just me and us and our no. sort of scene. But I think there was a larger I mean the Dude, gap the, the, ads the, with the, Kerouac and like the Tower like, Records the in Boston, in downtown Boston, had yeah. giant paintings of Kerouac and Ginsburg and so Burroughs. Funny and that there was a whole resurgence then for a few years. There was like documentaries and like the books were all fucking I mean it was just oh, yeah. it was weird. I do, I do I, actually what pisses me off about that yeah. is realizing how basically I got I, like I got sold my own like cultural knowledge in that way yeah like you mean? I you and I thought that we had come to Kerouac and all that stuff on our own <laughs> right but like yes. when you think about it, David Cronenberg did a Naked Lunch film oh like, yeah it fuck. was all it was getting fucking mainstream it's, left right and center oh with the God, guys in the was. Gap ads and the Ginsburg documentary and the books like you're right I mean fuck. you know however organically you and I may have first discovered those guys yeah, yeah like yeah. there was a cultural moment where somebody was like oh we can make money off this shit and yeah you and i bought right the fuck into it sure sure yeah that's crazy sorry sorry for the bad news yeah no but i mean at the same time what the beats were selling like okay however you you have to get me there right fine sure it's fine with me if All you right. need to like you know like i guess you know, punk will come ar- or come around, and everybody will be into the Sex Pistols or something. But I guess it's like, well, is that idea strong enough that, however you commercially get there or make people get there, that it doesn't matter? Well, I mean, you and I are of the age now where the culture is going to try to sell us our childhood back to us, right? That's what happens when you're in your forties, and they'll do it in the I form mean, of like selling it to your your five year old kid, right? 
So oh, since yeah. you have to sit through some, no, it's true. Since you have to sit through some dumb kids movie in the theater, they're gonna throw in you know Fugazi songs to make you, right, <laughs> right, right, you know, manage to get through it. Like that's just how it always works. Of course. Um, but, um, I mean, I wish we had time to listen to all of, of the trilogy. But let's kick ahead to part two. Part two. Which is called what? I don't have it. Hyperstation. We're in it. Oh, that's, that's, we're, we're in the middle of it. Which is. Turn it up just for a second. You Dystopian world right here, right? What's Kids playing basketball, beat me in my head. There's <laughs> yeah. bum trash in my hall. And when I when I listen to it, this little clip for a second, I, I immediately go to uh, Beck and that loser record, right? Because yeah. it's kind of like this weird. And and then if you think about them being into Kerouac and 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 uh, and uh, 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 fucking uh, mm-hmm. Naked Lunch, right? You're like, oh yeah, of course. This is just like this free association kind of, you know, sure. stream of consciousness, just but like garbage world that they live yeah. in. Well, again, it's they're creating, I don't know, like a, a space. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, a yeah. description. It's no, very it's just funny. I, that I don't like, know what's going on in this world, but right. I, I know the world. You yeah. Know? I live. I understand the world that they're describing. Hey, let's do this. Let's yeah. um. Why don't we jump ahead to the the third and final act of the trilogy, which is how they wrap up the album. Let's play a good solid minute or two of it, and then we'll uh we'll wind up this this show here. Yeah, yeah here we go. Oh. this you gotta go out in style i mean this is a fucking way to end a record and it's crazy i didn't realize you know 
well, so many things at you know during this or reading this later, you know, that this is about some rape that happened in Central Park with some rich, you know, prep school kids and like the, the body of this girl was found by the the Met. And it's also like, well, that's that's Sonic Youth again too, right? Like, like, like what? Just the city is. Oh, here's you know, this is influencing us. There's something about this this random story that that is in the New York Post that you know we're gonna do a take on, and like it's just all these influences and all this shit of the city coming together and like this this horror world, of course. But like, uh, this is a pretty bleak. It's a pretty pretty bleak record. <laughs> it's not yeah. optimistic. No, it's it's not. And but I don't I don't think that 1980. But it sounds America, optimistic, right? Because it's so exciting. It's so like, what is oh. happening? There's so many so much interesting shit. These guys are taking guitars in in like a alien world. So yeah. in that way, it is optimistic and it is exciting. But. Uh, well, like, okay, I don't think that this album is cyberpunk. No, but I, I think it is dystopian. related philosophically in the sense of like, we're gonna look at the world and imagine sort of where we're going with it, mm. and then describe it musically. Yeah, you know. Yeah. All right, so uh, we have powered through Daydream Nation. Um, We've scratched the surface. We have barely scratched the surface of Daydream Nation. <laughs> um, any final thoughts before we uh, do the disclaimer? No, I mean I gotta go listen to this again. It's like and again and well, again. What's the thing? By the time it gets, and I think this is with with a double album like this. Oh yeah, you looped right back around to Teenage Riot, and I'm like, let's just keep going. Well, and you have you want to right because you're like, oh, enough time has passed. It's a new cycle or whatever on this mm-hmm. record. <laughs> Yeah, fuck. Um, yeah, I, I here are my final thoughts, yes. which is if you don't know this record, go buy it, listen to it, love it. If you have heard Sonic Youth in the past and you thought, oh, they're noisy or annoying, <laughs> it's okay. Try this. Well, record. if you, I kind of feel like if you're right, and you should just stay away. No, it's true. <laughs> That's um, how yeah, you feel. No, it's true. If you if okay. you don't want to if you don't want to hang out in my playground, don't hang out in my playground. Please go away. I mean, if that's because uh, that's pretty uh, extreme. Sure. Um, no, it's no, no, no. I, I was having this thought today, though, honestly, because I was wearing a big black T-shirt at um. I'm working at the the food. band Big Black. The uh, T-shirt was not just. A I'm wearing a big black T-shirt, and uh, I'm working at the co-op, and and I had this pretend conversation in my head because I wasn't sure how to handle it where someone's like uh, oh nice shirt or, or something like or oh, what's that shirt and do I do you is it do you say like oh it's big it's big black you know the sure Steve Albini or Steve do you Albini actually thing. like I feel like you because you, I don't want to explain anything you just go. It's a band. If you know, you yeah, know. Yeah, that's what I mean. Right. Like, like, right. And and that's how I I feel a little bit about Sonic Youth. I guess is where I was going with this. Is like, I mean, why should you get this? I don't know. Well, but I mean, why I guess should you what listen I would to this? If, it's like you if, know if you should or not. I guess. I don't need if, to. If I if explain it to you, I'm an asshole. That you know <laughs> is the skate punk of dirty. Okay. Or the like. Yes. Way more There's accessible sounds level. of like Murray Street yes. or New York City Ghost of Flowers. If okay. that's the Sonic Youth that you know, okay, okay, that makes sense. You got to go backward, and you got to really like 
this and Sister and Goo, for me, is Sonic Youth. I right? guess, okay, Sister I guess. Sister is where they're figuring out, this is where they perfect it. Yes. Goo is where they're like, I don't know. It, but yeah, it's, it's funny like, this lo- is, looking this at is Goo Sonic now, Youth's right? perfect, perfect album. Yes. I cannot, like, I could, I could go through life without listening to any other Sonic Youth record, but honestly, I listen to Daydream Nation every single week. It's all. It's always great. It's always something I want to put on and listen to. Um, I guess you're right. I guess that's what this would be for. Is you know Sonic Youth, but you haven't gone back to Daydream Nation. Or Daydream Nation was that record that was like, yeah, I heard it around, but I never really got into it. Okay, well, it's worth you know, it's worth it. Obviously, yeah. Just don't stop don't being know. an asshole. At, at some point, Listen when, we, to when it. we reach episode 100, what are we at? 22, 21 episodes of this podcast. When we reach yeah. episode 100, we'll do a recap, but I promise you this is going to be in my top five albums of all time. Oh, we're going to rate the. <laughs> I know, I'm not saying nothing. Covered. I'm not saying nothing, but uh, just, I'm, I'm just letting you know, like, this okay. is, if we're going to do a recap episode, I'm going to oh, advocate Best for stuff. Okay. Um, Thurston. We Kim, don't own it. We don't Lee. own it. We don't own it. I saw you guys live in 1992 fuck. with the Boredoms in yep. Binghamton, New York, of all oh places. Oh, my God. That's Dude, amazing. Dude, fucking amazing show. I bought my favorite Sonic Youth t-shirt of all time. It was mustard yellow. It was from your Japan tour. Um, I tried to buy it recently on eBay, and it was like 400 bucks. Jeez. If you still have a few in boxes, <laughs> hook me up, man. Hook me up. I will pay you. I don't want to pay 400 bucks, but I want that t-shirt back. It was my favorite t-shirt. I ever want owned. it back. I, I wore it until it fell apart. But what I'm saying is I and Jason... We are huge fans of your music, this record in particular, but all of your records. So uh, please don't sue it. I do feel like you owned Sonic Youth. Like when I met you, you did have, you were a lot about Sonic Youth. And I was like, I, I like them, but man, I don't think I, was, I, I, don't was think I can Sonic anymore. Youth when I was 16, I'm all about Sonic Youth when I'm 42, no, man. No, I'm saying it's it was, it was awesome. And I was a little bit like, oh, that's Matt's like, that's Matt's uh, uh, arena. Like I, I can sort of like, I, like did, I, I didn't realize I was claiming. Got glad proof. to be. No, you're not. I am saying it. That was my like impression of, of how much you loved Sonic Youth and were into oh, them. I was a Sonic little Youth. bit like, oh, I, I want to listen to them when I'm around Matt, but, <laughs> but like if I see a T-shirt, I'm probably not going to get it because that's like Matt's right. thing. Sonic. No, Youth. Sonic. You know what I mean? And I was always like, Sonic yeah, Youth Sonic was my Youth. turf. Like Sebado was your. Turf. Right, right, right. Like yeah. Sonic Youth had this like cachet or something with you that was like oh yeah Sonic Youth that's Matt oh man you want to talk to Matt oh Sonic <laughs> Youth yeah talk, okay. talk to Matt alright so Kim <laughs> but Lee, I mean, I, but. Thurston <laughs> Steve my buddy Steve you always get left out Steve. of the discussion because you're like I mean yeah. <laughs> you're the drummer and you're amazing seriously to follow honestly to be able to follow some of this mullet. stuff to be able to wrangle any of this happening that's going on is yeah. pretty impressive okay so please don't sue us all right jay yeah here's what we're gonna do we're gonna pick uh the album for next week it's my turn and then i was i mean tell me what you think but i was thinking we should just play out on candle Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, I mean, that sounds good. I was gonna say I don't know what song to end this show. Well, on, it's but like great. It's like five minutes, Perfect. so it's for Do this it. album, relatively short. And Do it's it. A really fun song. And Do great. it. So what I All was right. thinking, I was I was specifically thinking of including some some diversity into this show. Sure. So number one, I would like to, um, let's say, pose to the panel 
for voting is, uh, and I'm trying to think, uh, the band Death, the Detroit band. Sure. Their band first. Death. Their There's first, a documentary. Do you know? Yes. Their first record, which was called. I'm looking it up. Uh, I don't know. Oh, wait. For the whole world to see. Okay, I don't know. I mean, I've seen the documentary. Great. But that's I it. don't uh, know their albums. So no, that's let's, an interesting you know, one. I, they, I, I heard them this morning and I was like, oh my God. Yeah, like, I, you know, it's one of those songs where I was like, this is great. I, I can hear that it's from the 70s. Is this Iggy Pop? Is this. Uh, I went through all these mm-hmm. things and then they said it was death. And I was like, oh my God, that's crazy. They are. They consistently. When I hear them, I'm impressed, and I want to cool. give them a you know, let's give them a proper Fine. coverage. I'm, I'm intrigued because I again, other than that doc, I know nothing about them. So cool. Um, the other thing I was, the other band I was thinking about was Chastity Belt has a great record I've been listening to nonstop. That is a, I, that I've is never like even four heard of this band. four girls from L.A. and I fucking cool. love this record. <laughs> I really like it, but that's What's a real What's that's a real called? leap for you. I'm gonna look it up right now. Let's see. Let's see. Uh, I'm glad you did your homework. Chastity belt. <laughs> oh, don't Google that. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> no, the <laughs> wait. Did you just you literally just put the word chastity Matt, belt I'm, into while Google? While I'm talking, I just I have to go with what my brain. Oh you know. my god. So listen, um, the name of the record is "I Used to Spend So Much Time Alone." Right, very, good. very good, very um, okay. good, and then and then finally, right, I would like to three. throw I would like to throw in um, Grass Widow, another band that I loved. That is three or four ladies from Northwest ish, who sure. I saw a couple times live. Who just make great. I was I, I call it like math mathy, you know, rock. Hmm. So math rock. So, um, dude, I'm the, all three of think? these are bands that I don't. I mean, again, Death. I've seen the doc. I yeah. remember vaguely listening to Grass Widow about a decade ago. Sure, I think. sure, exactly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stumped on this one. I really mm. don't. Um, Do you want to? Um, I will put these. Let me see. What am I going to do? I'm going to put these. I'm going to assign these numbers. Okay, real quick. Sure. Uh, and you name a number, and the closest one to it we're going to talk about. Okay? No, 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 no. I think, I think, I think, the, of the three of these, the band that I've never heard anything from at all okay, ever, yeah, is Chastity Belt. Okay, so let's do, I want to do so that. You want to do that? All right, cool. All right, very good. This is going to be um, fun because I know. I mean, I remember Grass Widow. I remember being into them. Yeah, and and you know, Death isn't. We should definitely do them at some point. We should. We should. But uh, you're throwing out something I've never heard of before. Cool. All right. Let's do it. All right. Learning. It's funny because that's the one that I literally was like, uh, and how about these guys? You know, like I had Death and Grass of It All I was thinking about this morning, but I did not. Just threw that in just now. So that's great. Yeah, they're from uh, Walla Walla, Washington. (laughs) Walla Walla, Washington. That's funny. Oh, I can't wait to research these guys and and find out more about yeah, this Yeah, you better record. come prepared because I'm going to have nothing. <laughs> I'm going to listen to this thing. I mean, cool, the, cool. This, I used to spend so much time alone is, is a tr- appealing to me. Um, I mean, I also currently spend a lot of time alone, <laughs> right. but I used to also. Right. That's my, right. my, my rip-off of Mitch Hedberg joke for you guys. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. 
Um, oh, nice. All right, man. Okay. So this has been We Listen to Records. We listen to Sonic Youth's Daydream Nation. It, we're well over an hour into this thing, and I feel like I could do another four hours and not oh. say everything I have to say about this new album. But we're going to play it out with Candle. Oh, yeah. Which is track nine. Jay, you want to rack that motherfucker up? And uh, next week, Chastity Belt. I used to spend so much time alone. Jay will tell us why he loves this record so much. All right, here's Candle.